Pastor mentioned uh, I'm over halfway through my journey here, and that we've had some great, awesome events. And each time I conquer one of those events, I think, uh, well, this is it. I have nothing else I should leave right now while I'm doing good. So it was, it was youth camp, and uh, it was uh, father-son camp, and uh, all the classes I've been teaching, the college classes, and the soul winning, and uh, so, but we'll pray that God just help us to get victory all the way through, and uh, finish our course. <laughs> Okay, we're talking about a series on grace, and uh, uh, I'm no expert on it. Uh, others are <coughs> more capable of teaching this than I, but uh, most of the stuff that I'm teaching, if not all of it, I've never read a book on the series that we're teaching about. Uh, I've read in the Bible what we're teaching about, and as I said at the very beginning, it seems like most people who talk about grace... They either don't know what they're talking about, or they just emphasize salvation grace, which is the most important thing. And as Bruno was singing that song for us by Chris Tomlin, it's estimated that, that over 50 million Christians every Sunday sing that song around the world. And if that's the case, think of how many millions and millions, hundreds of millions, sing the original Amazing Grace every week. So thank God for amazing grace. Amen? Amen. So we talk about saving grace, that uh, God saves us by his grace. No no law, no works can have anything to do with our salvation. We talk about serving grace, and I made the application that it's not fair to talk about saving grace without talking about serving grace. When we get saved, we're saved to serve. And then last week we talked about sanctifying grace. God gives grace to sanctify us. And the only reason we're sanctified, set apart for God's use, holy, is because of God's grace. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Can anybody be holy without the Holy Spirit? Certainly not. And yes, we have tools to help us be sanctified, to live out that holiness that's inside of us. We have the Bible, we have prayer, we have fellowship. What we're doing today helps all that. But the point I was making last week, when it's all said and done... Only by God's grace can we be holy. I, uh, one of the illustrations I thought of last week and didn't get to mention, it's in my head now, so if I don't mention, I'll, I'll be thinking about it. But uh, uh, no one should ever write a book about raising children until your children are raised. <laughs> That's one advice I would give to young, young preachers. <laughs> don't ever write a book about raising children until your children are raised. That's just one of a thousand illustrations I could get. Uh, in other words, don't boast, the Bible says. So I'm not going to write a book on how holy I am. <laughs> I'm not going to write a book on how wonderful I am. And I'm not going to write a book about how wonderful fam my family is. I could almost write a book on how wonderful Linda is. But anyway, <laughs> but she's still alive. So as long as she's still alive, I can't even write that book. <laughs> By God's grace, amen? amen. And uh, thank the Lord. I believe in, the, as I said last week, if somebody's got a higher conviction than I do, praise God for it. But I, uh, I don't think any human has the right to make the standard. The standard's in the Word of God. 
And so it's by God's grace. So today we're talking about another wonderful subject, and that is God gives grace for suffering. God gives grace for suffering. I wouldn't be standing right here today if it wasn't God's grace for suffering. And you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for God's grace for suffering. So with introduction, we've seen God's saving grace, serving grace, sanctifying grace. And today we'll see God gives suffering grace. Hallelujah. He gives suffering grace. God in his mercy may heal us. We'll talk about that in a moment. And uh, by the way, let me say this in case I forget to say it at the end. Baptists believe in healing. <laughs> God was healing Baptists before there was ever a Pentecostal movement. The, the Pentecostal movement began in 1908. We talked about that already. The charismatic movement began in 1908. And I promise you, 2,000 years before that, God was healing Christians. God was healing Baptists. God was healing Lutherans. Lutherans probably healed some Catholics along the way. So God's always been in the healing business. In case anyone would think that I... Don't believe that. So, sorry, preaching already. <laughs> but God may choose to give us grace to suffer. And, you know, every one of us want God to answer prayer. Thank God he does answer prayer. But uh, there's some prayers, and this is going to be contrary to what some of us believe. There's some prayers that God won't answer because he already has another plan. Some prayers we can pray. You can pray for a thousand years. But if it's God's plan for you to give grace for your suffering, God is not going to answer that prayer. So uh, that's why sometimes we wonder, why didn't God answer this prayer? Because God has another answer, and that is grace, which is an answer to prayer. So anyway, that's sort of the thought today. And there's so much suffering, isn't there? And as I think there was a re reason why God had me prepare this lesson, this particular lesson, because it just seemed like I've talked to so many people that are suffering. And if it wasn't for God's grace, I couldn't bear the, the burdens this morning of all the people suffering. You know people suffering like that. Suffering. We have friends that are suffering, have a daughter who's got cancer and the uh, just a wonderful young lady, young mother, and, and their, uh, their praise report yesterday was, thank God she was able to eat. Tell you what, we take our blessings for granted, so don't we? Their praise report was their daughter could eat something. Wow, that's suffering, isn't it? That's suffering. And the, I mentioned my wife, Linda. She's been going to the, the little fair they're having in our town. She passed out over 500 tracks in a couple of days. She wanted to go yesterday so badly, but uh, she was crying not because her leg was hurting so badly, but her leg was hurting so badly she couldn't go uh, pass out tracks. And so, so much suffering. I have suffering. You have, everybody in this room has some kind of suffering. If you don't, hang on, it's coming, amen? This world's a suffering place, and we have the answer. We have the answer. God's grace is there. And yes, he answers prayer. I thank God that my suffering doesn't last very long many times. And God answers prayer, and God takes away our suffering. But in the meantime, uh, God will give us grace. 
If you need a job today, God will give you grace to hang on till you get a job. And if you don't get a job, God will send a raven to feed you or take care of you. We don't know how God's going to do it, but God's got grace to do that. Well, let's look at this great verses. We, we use these verses for the application of sanctification last week, how the example of the Macedonian church, how that they were sanctified. They gave themselves first, that's sanctification. They gave themselves to the Lord. Uh, and then because of that, they were used to bless others. And so let's look, if you have your Bible, you can look at the notes there, obviously. Second uh, Corinthians 8, Moreover, brethren, we do you wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. This Macedonian churches, where Paul was, use, was using them for an example to the church of Corinth, who was backslidden and, and needed some correction. So he had this church that was an example. And thank God there's churches that are examples. Amen? And as I, anybody goes so winning, we hear this all the time. Heard it yesterday. Uh, I just don't like church anymore. I was hurt at church. Something happened at church. The preacher did something at church. Somebody did something at church. And so because one church did something wrong, all churches are bad. But uh, Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means there's churches that are the right kind of churches or Jesus is lying. Jesus said, I'll build my church. The gates of hell should not prevail against my church. So there are churches that are examples. Thank God for that. There's churches that still preach the word. There's churches that still exalt Jesus. There's churches where, where we can come and know we're in the right kind of place. And thank God we're in one of those churches today. Amen. We, uh, we may not be the prime example, but thank God we're a church that others can say, uh, there's a good example of a church right there. There's a good example of what Christians ought to be. So this, these Macedonians were examples of that. And here's what they were an example of, verse number 2. How then a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Well, there's, a, there's a sermon right there. There's a great lesson right there. That even though they were suffering... They were in persecution. All these problems were happening. They were still serving God. They were giving out of their poverty. And don't get me started on the prosperity preachers. <laughs> I'm probably going to say something about it before this lesson's over. But uh, <clears throat> shame on prosperity preachers that uh, make it look like that everybody's supposed to be rich, everybody's supposed to be happy, nobody's supposed to have any problems. We're supposed to come in today with bells on and uh, you know, everything's wonderful. <clears throat> I got everything going on. That's not the example that Paul used for these Christians. They were suffering, and in their suffering they gave glory to God because God gave them grace. That's what Paul said here. God gave them grace to get through that. Then look at the connection here, verse 6 and 7. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would finish in you the same grace also. Paul sent Titus, and he said, go preach to those Corinthians, and instill in them the same grace that I gave the Macedonian church. So there's grace available. This was, this was that example. And then here's the main context. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, utterance, knowledge, 
and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Again, another confirmation that there's different kinds of graces. And Paul said, abound in this grace also. And that's another lesson, but anybody who knows really what's going on here, Paul said, give. <laughs> if they gave while they were suffering and they were poor, then you can give. And uh, you know, it's, it's one thing for a rich person to give, and thank God for rich people who give. But the, Jesus made it so clear that he took note of the widow who gave everything she had. She gave the least, but everything. And when we stand before God, that's how the record's going to be, isn't it? That's how the rewards are going to be passed out. That we didn't give because we, it was comfortable to give. We gave because it hurt to give. We gave because God gave us grace. And everybody in this room, most of us in this room uh, that tithe, we do it with grace. Because everybody who tithes, in this room probably, I don't think there's any rich people. If you are, please see me after church. I'll, I'll ask you to support me when I go back to India. But everybody who tithes, it's, a, it's grace. God gives us grace to do it. We couldn't do it without God's grace. Amen? Because there's bills to pay. There's mouths to feed. There's gas to buy. The prices keep going up. And everything. You know, where's, where are we going to get the money to tithe? By God's grace. God will give us the grace to do it. So that was free right there. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Tim ought to give me a raise or something for doing that. Okay, <laughs> uh, so first point, asking why we suffer is the wrong question. However, God in his grace gave us answers why we suffer. Now, God didn't really have to give us answers. Uh, so many people say, why'd God do this? And, uh, and the reason why he's God, because he doesn't have to answer to us, amen? That's, that's why he's God. That's what makes him God. But, we ask crazy questions. Why do we suffer? The question, the real question is, <clears throat> why am I not suffering? That's the real question. And, and the real question is, why are they suffering and not me? Why, does, why do their children have cancer and not mine? Every time I watch one of those St. Joseph commercials uh, on TV and see those little kids with cancer, you know, the first thought comes to my mind is, Thank God my children didn't have cancer. And uh, I was reading a devotion, my devotion book by Dr. DeHaan, the medical doctor. He was talking about getting old. And uh, he said, we complain about getting old. He said, but uh, some people never had the option of getting old. Some people never had the privilege of getting old. And what a good perspective that is, isn't it? So the question isn't, why am I suffering I'm not suffering as much as I deserve. I promise you that. <laughs> I'm not suffering as much as I deserve. I the fact that I could walk over here to church today and stand here and say that I'm a preacher and teaching the Word of God, you don't know the grace that's involved in that. You don't know the mercy that's involved in that. You don't know what I should be facing. You don't know. We all should be in hell, right? Now. Amen. All of us should go to hell, so nobody's suffering like we're supposed to be suffering, like we should be suffering, but carnal people, worldly people, that's what they ask. Why, 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 why? And so, 
Anyway, asking why is the wrong question, but let's give some answers here as we're getting to the heart of the lesson. First of all, we need to understand that and this is, by the way, this, I mentioned this, this is good for soul winning. Every time I go soul winning, these things come up and, and before the evening's over, I'll have somebody that I get to share these things that I've studied already to give. So, all men suffer as a consequence of the fall, the Bible says. Uh, God told Adam the ground was cursed. Because of his sin. We call that the curse. Every man suffers because of the curse. There's no way of getting out of suffering. We're born in a cursed world. We're born in a cursed body, the Bible even tells us. So we're cursed. Everything's cursed. That's why we do get cancer. That's why our water is poison. That's why the, our food is tainted. And by the way, that's why those global warming... <laughs> They, they can spend billions and billions and billions and take all of our tax money for global warming. They aren't going to stop global warming. We're under a curse. This world's under a curse. God said we're under a curse. And uh, so, again, don't get me preaching. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 41, the reason why people will go to hell is because they were cursed and they never received him to remove the curse. People are born cursed. We're born lost. We're born on our way to hell. And people who go to hell go there because they were cursed. And Jesus came to free them from the curse. But they wouldn't accept that. Sad this week. I've confronted people that could be freed from their curse. They're cursed. You can just see in their lives they're cursed. Yesterday I was talking to some teenagers, just wicked teenagers. Wicked. One of them was the ringleader, and when he started, the rest of them just fall, fell into place. Broke my heart, but I preached to them as much as I could without getting in a fight with them. It, it was just me and about six of them. So, <clears throat> but uh, I, they, you could tell just by looking at them, this is going to be a confrontational situation, but I gave them a track, and I said, let me invite you to our youth department. And so none of them would take it, and finally one girl took it, thank God. And then as they were walking off, one of the cursing, he was already cursed, and he said, I'm an atheist. And I said, That's, I said most atheists make the best Christians, and that really stirred him up. <laughs> and then the rest of them just, just started in, started cursing Jesus Christ. I mean, it was wicked, just wicked. Those kids are under a curse. God, by His grace, sent me there. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You cannot convince me any differently that God had a little bald-headed Baptist preacher cross those teenagers' paths. So if they don't get saved, one day they're going to stand before God. And God said, there was, a, there was a prophet among you. Remember that little preacher you humiliated, you cursed, you uh, made him feel like a fool? I sent him so you could be free from that curse. Amen. So people just walking around cursed, aren't they? And because they won't receive Jesus. But thank God for that wonderful verse in Galatians 3.13. That Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us. Yes, I still ha have the effect of that curse on my life. But he redeemed me from that curse. And a lot of the things I deserve, God just washed them under the blood. So I could stand here today. Because if it wasn't for that, I couldn't stand. If it wasn't for that, 
mentally I could not do this. Everybody who's heard my testimony, Luke and Lane has heard it since they've been kids. Everybody who's heard, heard my testimony knows that mentally I could not stand here and do what I do because there'd be too much guilt, there'd be too much baggage, I have too much baggage, I have too much stuff in my life. And But thank God that Jesus redeemed me from the curse. So a lot of those things that I did because I was cursed, God made them okay. God, God's helping me. By God's grace, I'm getting through it. So thank God for his grace. Okay, next, all men suffer as a consequence of their sin. All men. Every, every lost person and every Christian suffers as a consequence of their sin. Uh, the Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I promised you, if you sinned last night, you're reaping the consequences of that sin. If, if, we, uh, if we disobeyed God this week, we're reaping the consequences of that. If you're not, then chances are the Holy Spirit's not in you. Uh, chances are the Holy Spirit's not convicting you. And uh, you know, sometimes that's just one of the consequences of our sin. We get convicted. Well, we feel bad, <laughs> we feel ugly, we feel dirty, we feel unclean. We ought to, amen? amen. We ought to feel unclean when we sin. And, and that's probably one of, the, <clears throat> one of my selfish motives for not sinning. I just don't like the feeling that comes with sin. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'd just do if, if it was up to me. <clears throat> but I, I've, I've lived long enough to know that you don't want to do that because you need your sleep tonight. Uh, you don't want to do that because you don't want the Holy Spirit uh, giving you a spanking tonight. You don't want to do that because Linda might find out. <laughs> so it's a selfish motive for not sinning, but it's at least one good motive for not sinning. Amen? Amen. We don't want to suffer the consequence of our sin. Romans 6, 3 and 3, for all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. Paul said in Romans 7, 11, that sin deceived him and slew him. Wow. Anybody in this room who did not get saved till you're an adult, you know what that means. And even some children know what that means. I know what that means. Sin deceived me and it slew me. It, wow. It messed my life up. It messed my brain up. It messed somebody else's life up. <laughs> it, it, messed, it messed my walk with God. God up, whatever. Sin deceives us, and it, and it slays us. It's, it's our enemy. It's out, to, it's out to, to get us. Okay, the next one. Christians may suffer as a consequence of our sin. Everybody suffers as a consequence of their sin. Christians may suffer as a consequence of our sin. We mentioned that already. But Proverbs 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. You know, most people talk about God judging them, but God doesn't have to judge most people because our own stupidity judges ourselves. <laughs> our own rebellion judges ourselves. Our own sin judges ourselves. And that's what sin does, isn't it? Sin, we do it, and we pay for it. <laughs> we do it, and we suffer for it. We do it, and it caused hurt. We, we do it, and it caused problems in our life. We do it, and we have to run to the psychiatrist. We do it, and we lose our peace. We do it, we lose our joy. It's just uh, it's our, our backslider heart filling his own way. James 1.15 says, When lust 
had conceived brings forth sin, and sin brings forth death. It all just works together. That sin causes us to <clears throat> lust, causes us to do something bad, and then the sin brings forth spiritual death, physical death, and, and sometimes it's, it's just the death of our life. Sometimes we just, you know, we aren't dead. We're still saved. We're still going to heaven. But our life is just dead. Uh, we're not fit for God's use because we're not sanctified. We're not a blessing to our family. We're not a blessing to those that are around us because we just let sin kill our, kill our life as it was. All right. So then we have the next one is we suffer as a consequence of our sin. Example of Jesus, he suffered for our sin. And the disciples, Jesus said that if the world hates uh, him, then the world's going to hate us. So sometimes we suffer because of other sins. Jesus suffered before my sin. He didn't do anything. He suffered for my sin. And I suppose that's one of the, when we finally get it, and I've lived long enough to get it, that the, one of the worst things about sin, if not the worst thing, is my sin caused somebody else's pain. Number one, my sin nailed Jesus to the cross. And, and I, I can't even think of this very long, or I'd just not be able to get through the day. But how many people in my years of living for the devil hurt other people? How many people were affected by my sin? So, so sometimes, then lastly, we may suffer as a consequence of God's chastisement. <coughs> God's chastisement. The Bible says that God chastises every child. Every one of his children, he chastises. Because he loves us, the Bible says. Because he loves us. Again, don't tell some of our prosperity preacher, faith healer friends <coughs> that God chastises. Don't tell our antinomian friends that God chastises because God would never do that. It's all just roses. <coughs> but I don't know what Bible they're reading. But <laughs> the Bible says in the old and the new, <coughs> under the law, under grace, that God chastises his own people. <coughs> and I don't know... Uh, uh, <coughs> Sometimes when God chastised, I wrote down a, a note here, an old classic third day song says, was it the devil, was it me, or was it God? <laughs> in other words, I'm suffering, I'm in trouble, was it the, is it the devil, is it me, or is it God? And how many times in my life have I asked that question to myself? <clears throat> Why did my car break down? <clears throat> Why am I sick? Why am I having this problem? Is it, was it is the devil? Is it something I did? Or is it just God chastised me? By the way, I don't think anybody in this room is spiritual or smart enough to come to the answer either. That's where God's grace comes in. It doesn't matter <laughs> if we get corrected, yes. But when we're suffering, we go to God and God gives us grace. How many times I've been there when I didn't know why I was suffering I just knew I needed God's grace. And just like a loving father, you know, a loving father, a loving parent, even when our kids do stupid things and get in trouble, we still have grace for them. And so, and sometimes we may even have to spank them or chastise them. 
Well, I think we got time for a song, <coughs> one of my wife and I's favorite newer songs, and uh, this song always comforts me to remind me that God's grace is there for my suffering. If you want to sing along, you know this song, you're welcome to it. Point number two. Again, this is a this part of the lesson. There'd be so many that would we would hear on TV that would disagree with this, but it's it's the Bible, so it's okay. Sometimes it's God's will for some to suffer. I'm just going through this quickly so we can get to the last point. Sometimes it is God's will for some to suffer. Uh, if you listen to the TV evangelists, that would, they would have a heart attack for me just even saying that. But we have the Bible. Example of David and his sin. The Bible said the sword would never leave David's house. 
God said that, and God said he was the one who would make sure that it would be done because of David's sin. We have the example of Israel for their idols. They committed abomination with their idols. And God's, it was God's will for them to suffer. They suffered so much because of their rebellion against God. And then we have the example of Paul who suffered for the ministry. Jesus said to Ananias, tell Paul all the things he's going to suffer for the ministry. Paul's, God said you're going to suffer for the ministry. He told him that. Just like God said women will suffer when they bear children. It's already, it's already in stone. It's not going to, unless you know, the doctors come along and give you shots, but God says it's, you're going to suffer for it. And then we have the example of Jesus who suffered for our sins. Luke 9, 22, Jesus suffered for my sin. Jesus prayed that great prayer in Luke 22. He said, Father, be apostle, let this cup pass me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. It was God's will for Jesus to suffer. So he suffered for our sin. And then lastly and thirdly, this is the... the crutch of the lesson today grace God's grace is always available for our suffering God's grace is always available for our suffering and the Bible reminds us in 2nd Corinthians 1 those, that great chapter there 2 through 4 God has grace for all our all our sorrow he's blessed be God grace and mercy Blessed be God, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. There's not anything that God can't comfort us from. I've been comforted from a lot of things. I've been comforted from so many things. But I, I've never had the, had the comfort that some people have had. I've lost a mother, but I've never lost a child. I've never lost a wife. Uh, I've, 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 I've not lost... Uh, a family member to coronavirus, as some have. I've lost friends. I've not had coronavirus. There's a lot of things that I haven't had to have comfort from, but if I need it, it's there. Amen. When I need it, God's grace will be there. And some of you who've needed it, <laughs> you already know what I'm talking about. God's grace was there. And when you need it, young person, when you need it, God's grace is available. Amen. Thank God for the second... Second, God's grace is sufficient for any situation, <laughs> any situation. Paul said in that great uh, chapter there, that our proof text, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said, I had this affliction, this sickness, and I asked God three times, the best Christian in the New Testament outside John the Baptist and Jesus, of course, the best Christian outside of John the Baptist in the New Testament prayed three times, for God to heal him. Take that, Benny Hinn, and, and take that, my faith healer friend, the greatest Christian preacher ever lived who touched people and healed them. God said, I'm not going to heal you because God could trust Paul. And by the way, this is a new lesson. God has to heal some people because he can't trust them. God could trust Paul, that Paul in his suffering would still point to Jesus. And Paul said, the conclusion of what Paul said, Paul said, therefore, I'll glory in my tribulation. I'll glory in this. God won't heal me, so I'm going to glory in it. And the, uh, this, is a, this is an amazing thing. I wish I had an hour to talk about this. If God healed you, if you came up today and told me God healed you of cancer, I would say, praise God. 
And by the way, I, anybody who knows me knows I believe in healing of cancer. My wife was healed of cancer uh, uh, when she was 29 years old, when we worked at the home church, when it was over on the east side. God heals. I know God heals. And thank God he heals. But if you said God healed me, I'd be happy for you. But when I watch you suffer for 20 years and you still praise Jesus, tell you what, there's more glory in that than if you told me God healed you of cancer today. Thank God for, we can give God glory in our suffering. Then lastly, God is on his throne to give grace for every need. The Bible says that we come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may find help in time of need. You got some needs today? I do. God says, my whole throne is the throne of grace. And because of Jesus, we have access to that throne. And whatever our need is today, God will Give us grace. And then let me sort of help our Christian thinking here. We think, I need $100, so God's going to give me $100. No, if you need $100, God may give you grace to get by with $5. We say, I've got cancer, so I'm going to pray and God's going to heal me. And he may. But God may say, I'm going to give you grace to glorify me with that cancer. Again, so many illustrations I, I could give, but you get, you get the picture here. All right, let's be dismissed in prayer and ask the Lord what we... We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.